Hey, hey, hey. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's another episode of the Lowdown College Basketball. It's a great day here for College Hoops. August the 16th, Coach Tripp and myself both broadcasting here live from Central Texas. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler McDonough, joined alongside my co-host, Coach Neville Triplett. Uh, Coach Tripp, how you doing tonight, my man? Doing great, man. Ready to talk some college basketball. We are, we're getting close, under 100 days to the season kicks off. Uh, really excited about some of the early preseason tournaments, which uh, we'll get to, and, and a lot of stuff to talk about. It is. Uh, it's definitely. I, I think it's. I think it's 83 days and counting. But uh, but who's counting other than exactly. college basketball fans right there? And I know, of course, Coach Tripp, a uh, huge college football fan. So I know uh, uh, both of us big college football fans. So college football, it's uh, it's itching closer and closer. So and I'll tell you what, Coach Tripp, with this uh, crazy this off season has been a lot of this uh, college football, college basketball news kind of intertwining with. Uh, one another. We know a lot of these realignments have a lot to do with both football and basketball. We know uh, we know a lot of this offseason news has uh, has a lot of crossover. So so definitely um, uh, tune in to all of our other stuff. We've got plenty of uh, content to get out there. The lowdown. We've got the lowdown college basketball. Uh, we've, we're going to try and get the, the college football show back up and running. We've got it all. So so make sure to tune into all of our networks right here. Coach Tripp, uh, you want to handle Stathead tonight? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I want to have got two stats, but they're related. Uh, The first is the single season leader in blocks in men's college basketball. So one, I'll give you the opportunity to uh, throw out uh, a name or two who you think uh, might be in contention. Then I'll give you the name, the year, the school, uh, and of course, how many blocks uh, in the season. And then I also just want to tie in the career uh, leader for blocks, two different people. Um, one, one might, uh, be a household name and the other, uh, maybe not depending on how closely you follow college basketball. So who do you think has the single season, uh, record all time blocks in, in a season? Ooh, first guy that comes to mind is Elijah one. Is that. Okay. You are, you are close. Same, same state in the NBA. Um, is it D-Rob? The it is, he is the Admiral. Uh, oh, so I know, I know uh, Drew, if he's listening, is going to be thrilled that it's a, uh, it was a future San Antonio Spurs. So David Robinson, uh, playing at the Naval Academy in 85-86, in, uh, had 207 blocks in a season, uh, single season leader. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, he is only 46, uh, number 46 uh, on the career list. However, you know, he, he – really only two years of, of uh, stats there. So, mm-hmm. all right, so now the career leader in blocks by a college basketball player, a- any idea, any venture, any guess, it's uh, two, the 2007 to 2010, that, that era. I was going to go with Taco Fall, but that's uh, that's way too recent. Um, 07 to 10-ish. Ooh, um, man. I'm stumped on this one. A shot blocking machine from. Can you give me the? Can you give me the team? Mississippi State. Oh no, I, I got no idea. Okay, so uh, this is Jarvis Vernardo from Mississippi State, 564 from 2007 to 2010, and he is number 10 on the single season uh, with 170. So David Robinson led the single season uh, with 207. David Robinson finished number 46 in his career with 351 career blocks. 
And then as a career, Jarvis Barnado from Mississippi State, he led a uh, career from 2007 to 2010 with 564. And his single season uh, record was 2009 to 10, which put him number 10. That was 170. So that is your stat head stat of the day, kind of, kind of two of them, but they're related. So I wanted to put those out there. Uh, certainly thank our friends at Stathead for uh, sponsoring us and, and what a great way if you are a statophile uh, like many college or professional sports fans are go check them out i think you've got a little more information on on what promotions they may be running first month free possibly yeah go check out our, our good friends over at stathead you can hit up hit hit them up on twitter at stathead just like it sounds um they're the official uh kind of stat reference for for professional baseball basketball hockey uh, f- uh, pro football, whatever it may be, go check them out. They're awesome. I know uh, they're really big in the baseball world, um, and they're they're big in across all professional sports. So go give them follow on Twitter. Uh, Eight dollars a month, first month is you get a free trial. So definitely go give them a uh, a, a a look there, and, and definitely sign up with them. Free trial, first free first month is free, and then eight dollars after that. That's our friends over at Stathead. So we appreciate them bringing us the stat of the episode and helping us here at the Lowdown Network. So we'll go ahead and uh, and kick things off for you guys here this evening. Um, how about some of this? We'll, we're going to implement. So we're going to kind of move forward uh, with. We're going to we've we've done this very good in the past coach trip, but we're going to, we're going to kind of make this segment oriented, I think going for it. I think that's what we've talked about. So we're going to finally get it going. Um, let's just dive into some news of the day. Doesn't necessarily have to be college basketball, but let's just see what's going on in the world of sports right here. Kind of, kind of went over it in our rundown earlier. So uh, this is college related, or it, it was at one point right here. How about this to lead all the news coach trip? Uh, you being a football coach, you being a college football fan, you've seen all this Michael Orr stuff going on lately i have and it's it's really disheartening uh if if in fact what he is saying is true that that they've profited uh off of him and off of his story and only only to profit themselves uh because if you remember the movie the blind side was such a touching movie and and uh fan favorite everybody really enjoyed that um but i had some inklings that something was was maybe amiss a few years ago michael orr came out and, and and indicated he did not like the way he was portrayed in that movie because mm-hmm. he felt that um, it, it, it was unflattering as far as um, his his intellect. And so mm-hmm. uh, that was sort of the last I heard. Now this story comes out yeah. and it's it's really heartbreaking. And and, and uh, hopefully maybe it's a misunderstanding that, that they can get rectified and, and we can go back to, to really feeling good about this uh, feel good story. But if not, um, it's, it's really disappointing. Yeah. So so and like we said here, um, this coming from me, this is all facts, not opinions. This is all just stuff that's been stated. Um, I, I will share my first opinion. Yeah, like I said, it's a great movie. Uh, the Blind Side that we're, we're referring to, a uh, real good feel, feel good story. You know, Michael Orr being taken in by the the Tuies, um, the Tui family there, uh, big Ole Miss um, uh, alumni. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, heard the story at all, you know, uh, Michael Orr kind of coming out and saying, you know, hey, they were. Uh, well, correct me if, if I if, if any of this is wrong, Coach Tripp. It was, it was. They were kind of signing. He was he was misled, or he's claiming he was misled about the adoption. It was kind of uh, they were signing so that they could, I guess, be as um, 
beneficiary be his be his cosign you know any kind of money that he makes uh would go to them um is kind of what i understood uh of, for, from from when he signed when he was still a kid moving in with them and yeah then, okay yeah. yeah you're exactly right he he says that uh that the, the the story was kind of a lie. He, he spilled out a 14-page petition and alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui um, uh, never adopted him and um, tricked him into signing a document to make him their uh, conservator so that they now had authority to, to handle his finances, make business deals in his name. Um, and uh, also says that 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 he he got nothing. He was not uh, awarded any money from from the movie, um, which mm -hmm. earned more than three hundred million dollars. So um, that, that's that's kind of at the heart of uh, this controversy at the moment. Yeah, and and obviously you know the the Tui family made lots of money off of the movie themselves, um, and I think I saw something that Michael didn't make hardly anything off the movie, if if anything. Right. Um, and I guess that's where that kind of comes into play, you know, them signing all that. So, um, and, and I, and like I said, no opinion here. I, I, I hope that this can all get resolved and we can get back to, you know, loving the blind side, loving the movie. But, um, I think I saw a report from ESPN saying Michael Orr was, was bankrupt. Um, and that this coming out right now is due in part to that. Like I said, I don't know anything. I'm just, just reading off some of the reports that I've seen, um, and then the Tui family uh, say, uh, saying that it was an attempted shakedown of um, this is a, a thing I'm reading off ESPN right now, an attempted shakedown of the Tui family. So, man, it's, it's sad to hear. I hope they can get it all sorted out. You know, um, I hope that the Tui family did not do this to Michael. And in retrospect, I hope Michael is not doing this just in reaction to him being bankrupt. I hope none of these reports are true. Um, I hope it's just a big misunderstanding and they can get it all sorted out because, uh, you know, Michael, Orr, what a, what a fantastic story that it was, what a great career he had at Ole Miss and then in the NFL. Um, so that's just kind of big headlines of the day right now. Uh, you can check out anything, uh, anything more over on ESPN.com. They're talking about it there. It's in the big headlines right here. Um, sticking on this, the topic of football right here, Trip. Did you see that? Uh, I know this is, uh, you know, you being a big Cowboys fan, uh, cough, cough. Uh, <laughs> um, Ezekiel Elliott uh, found himself a new home. Did you see that? I did. I see he's going to the Patriots. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's it's certainly not necessarily a, a glamorous uh, grab to, to go win a championship right now because they've got some rebuilding to do. But for him, I think it's a great move because it's going to allow him uh, to work uh, and develop under um, uh, with the great Bill Belichick. So I think this has really an opportunity to maybe help resurrect his his career a little bit uh, and, and put him back on the path to kind of that meteoric rise he had early in his career. And certainly I think it's it's a good move for the Patriots to get um, somebody that, that has his talents. Now, uh, obviously, he's got some work to do to get back to his old self, but I, I think it's actually a really good move both for him personally and for the organization. I think Ezekiel, it's going to really help, uh, really help that offense, uh, especially pass blocking wise. You know, Ezekiel Elliott might not 
might not be the runner he once was, but I think he's still an elite, uh, you know, can still pick up the blitz. Incredible from a running back. He can really protect his quarterback. You know, you've got how many times he bailed out Dak in the past game uh, there with the Cowboys these last couple of years. So he's still an elite pass blocker, I think. And that's going to really help out that offense there in New England. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. If there's anybody that can resurrect careers. It's uh, it's definitely Bill Belichick. So um, last big news of the day is, well, I guess it's kind of it's still football is the Women's World Cup. You know, I don't think either. I, I definitely is not going to claim to be a, a huge, uh, huge soccer fan, but I know it's a big topic around the world. I know England won this morning. I believe they're going to be taking on Spain in the uh, in the World Cup championship there in Australia. So, Coach Tripp, are you a you a big football fan yourself, or how's that roll over there in the triplet household? So. Um, Caden loves, loves, uh, you know, soccer or football on the men's side. Uh, I grew up on the East coast, so I played a little bit of it growing up and I certainly follow it when, when it comes to the world cup. Uh, I don't necessarily follow the premier leagues and things like that. Although I know it's wildly popular. Um, certainly I'm much more vested when the United States is, is uh, doing well in the world cup and, and, so some of the news uh, recently in the World Cup, obviously the, the women losing, and, and now looks like their coach is being replaced. So uh, I've followed a little bit more of that, but uh, certainly if, if if I'm around, I'm able to. I'd watch the the championship game, and, and really excited for uh, for the men's World Cup coming up as well. But that's really the extent of it is 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 really watching uh, the the United States, and then uh, maybe some of the later rounds, you know, if they happen not to be in it, but. I would say I'm a casual fan at most. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I think I saw something recently that it was the earliest. If you're if you're obviously an American fan, which I'm sure most of our viewers are, I think it was the earliest that our ladies, our women's team, had been knocked out. The earliest that they had ever been knocked out before. Um, I think it was the, the first round of the knockout stage. So the earliest that our girls have gone home. So England and Spain in the World Cup final, I believe that's going to be played on Sunday morning um, or Sunday morning for uh, here in, here in the United States. So then, uh, so, so you can definitely get in all that if you're, if you're a big time uh, soccer fan. So coach Tripp, um, you want to just kind of ask how things are going with you? How's football going? Um, we know you're busy right now. We know it's uh, your busy time of year as uh, you know, myself, I'm going to be getting back into the broadcast mode for, for football games. And I know you're, 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 uh, you're in the thick of things with, with football. How, how's that going? Man, it's going great. It's, it's really the best time of year. If, if you're a, a diehard football guy, you know, the, the season hasn't quite started, but we're on the cusp. So, so everybody's hopes and dreams are, are sky high and there's no reason uh, you, you can't believe or shouldn't believe in your team, whether it's, it's high school, college, uh, NFL, because right now the slate is clean. Everybody is uh, zero, zero. Nobody is, has lost a game. Nobody's out of it particularly like in, in college, for example, nobody has been knocked out of a potential uh, playoff. So it's really a time of hope and optimism for, for football fans of, of every level, you know, at the high school level, of course, um, you know, not a game has been played. We're finishing up scrimmages and, and mm -hmm. looking ahead to getting the season started and making a playoff run, that kind of thing. So it's really an exciting time uh, as far as where we are. Uh, our kids are, are, really working hard, getting after it. And, and everybody is so excited to go see uh, them put their talents to, to use and, and, and see what we can get. Well, we know, obviously, you guys have got a fantastic program 
my alma mater, uh, Lano High School, and where you've, where you've been coaching for 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 a good time. You know, coming off, I believe, was it the uh, it was a champ a an opportunity year ago, uh, fourteen and one to make it to the uh, to make it to Jerry World um, or make it to the was it to make it the Final Four. Was that what yeah, it was? So, so yeah, we got to the we got to the state semis mm-hmm. and uh, or re- regional finals, and then um, we were two games away from making it to the state championship. Mm-hmm. So we, we would have had to, to to beat Edna and then win one more, and that would have that would have put us uh, into the finals. So it's uh, definitely a, an exciting time of year for uh, any football fan, high school, college, NFL, right around the corner as well. So, um, and especially if you're here in Texas, you know how uh, how, how high school football is kind of considered another religion. So absolutely, um, we'll get in. We'll get into. Uh, we'll get into some hoops now. That's our news of the day. Thanks for tuning in to that. Uh, our first segment kind of kicked things off. Coach Tripp, now we've talked about this in weeks before as ESPN's been kind of tinkering around with their with their top 25. Obviously, it's still really early. Still got about 83 days to go before the college basketball season tips off. But who doesn't love an early uh, top 25 ranking right here? And I don't know if you've noticed, uh, they, they've kind of updated it. You know, obviously nothing official, uh, but they've updated their top 25 here throughout the summer months as we wait for the regular season to start, you know, we've got tournaments to kind of start the year and then uh, just some early, early games kicking off here in a little less than three months away. But um, have you seen kind of the tinkered new top 25? I know we've gone over it a little bit, so. Yeah, I have. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, it, it kind of shakes out kind of like you think, and I'm going to bring up uh, uh, some tie-ins to some stuff here in a little bit um, about that. But, um, I've, I've looked at, I've looked at some different, um, you know, Dickie V stuff and I've looked at some different boards and things like that. And I think it's, um, pretty interesting. Um, a lot of the uh, usual suspects are there and a lot of the ones that finished strong or made a, um, made a run uh, in the tournament, uh, are there. Um, and so, um, I, I think they've done a good job. Um, I don't know that you can, uh, should quibble too much with maybe the top four or five because you can kind of replace them in any order. And the best thing about it is we are not at the point where it really matters because all this will sort itself out. I know fans sometimes get themselves tied up in knots, particularly selection Sunday. Um, obviously if their team is left out, but if their their team is not ranked where they should be and they think that it's not fair, but the good news right now is not a game has been played so that they are able to, um, play their way in. And, and, and I'm going to make that point here uh, a little bit later that even some of these preseason uh, tournaments uh, that, that seem like uh, maybe are insignificant can sometimes play a major role in catapulting uh, you up through the rankings. Uh, anything in those rankings uh, stand out to you? Anything you, you uh, want to talk about? No, there there hasn't been too much change from uh, we, like I said, we've talked about the ESPN's way, uh, too early top 25 throughout the summer. Not too much has changed. I do know right now uh, it is, I believe, that it is the dead period uh, for coaches in college athletics. So they're not allowed to do anything right now. No social media contacts, no texting, no Zoom calls, no visits. Right now it is considered uh, a dead period uh, for for college for college basketball right now. So if anybody out there listening, watching, uh, don't try and contact your coach. Uh, 
you don't want to get your coach in trouble. Um, so, but we'll give you a quick rundown. I know we're going to talk about uh, Dickie V's top 25. We're going to do that kind of uh, in coach's corner here later in the show. I'll give you the most recent. We'll go through this pretty fast. Uh, we'll go through the top, what ESPN has got listed right now as their way too early top 25. A little bit of changes here and there, not too much. So 25, we'll go down. Uh, coming in at number 25 is St. John's. Uh, Texas comes in at number 24. St. Mary's 23, uh, the reigning SEC champion, regular season champion, uh, number 22, Alabama. We've got USC out of the uh, Pac-12, their last year in the Pac-12, coming in at number 21. Uh, you've got Baylor, number 20, the 2021 national champions under Scott Drew. You've got A&M, Texas A&M, that is, at number 19. Miami, the Hurricanes, at number 18. You've got Kentucky at 17. At 16, you've got Villanova. Uh, UNC, your Tar Heels coach trip at number 15. Uh, you've got Pig Suey, the Razorbacks at number 14. You've got Creighton, 13. San Diego State, uh, after losing the national championship game uh, at number 12. You've got Arizona, number 11. Marquette, 10. And uh, I know I'm boring you guys to death. I'm getting there. We got in the we got in the top ten now. You got FAU, Florida Atlantic at number nine uh, after a Final Four appearance. You got number eight, Tennessee. Gonzaga at number seven, Houston number six, UConn at number five, Michigan State at number four. You've got Purdue at number three, Duke at number two, and then you have got Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks still at that number one spot. Yeah, so Coach Tripp, I'll ask you the question you just asked me. Is there anything in there that caught you by surprise a little bit? I will say I, I think I saw some of, the, some of the Big 12 schools maybe a little bit low on that list. That was the only thing that I really noticed. Yeah, uh, outside of Kansas. Yeah, well, of course. I also think um, I thought Kentucky was a little low. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know they didn't have uh, you didn't have a, a great year last year, but I think I mean with that program, with the way they recruit, with with the style of basketball mm -hmm. they play, I would expect them to be ranked a, a little higher. Uh, and then the Texas A and M is is uh, that's one I, I was a little curious about, just because. Um, you know, they didn't look like world beaters last year. But other than that, I mean, again, I, I think that uh, certainly fans could argue about moving um, one team here, one team there. But for the most part, mm -hmm. they got the right 25, I think. And, mm -hmm. and again, excited to see it play out because that's that's really what this is about. We can we can talk these uh, way too early things and they're fun to talk about uh, as, as just a college fan. But boy, it really gets uh, exciting once you know, once they tip off and, and then you can start looking at common opponents and doing all the things that we as fans do that, that maybe we're not qualified uh, to, to do to make these assessments, but it sure is fun. But no, I, not, nothing in there really uh, raised my eyebrows where I would think, you know, what's going on with, with um, this, the people that selected these teams in this order. I will say the one team that's missing from this list that I, I'm sure has caught a lot of people's eye was uh, UCLA Mitt Cronin uh, being left off this list. Uh, you know how good of a program they're going to have this upcoming year. Uh, did lose a few names to the NBA draft this past year, but uh, you got to think, you know, Jaime Jaquez, you know, kind of losing him really hurt, but I got to think Mick Cronin's going to have that squad uh, um, back back in a, in a March postseason run uh, in their last year Pac-12 uh, Pac basketball. So, um, uh, Coach Tripp, so – 
this was kind of our main uh, topic. Which one out of those top five right there, I want to ask you this, which out of the top five right now by ESPN, you've got Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and UConn. Out of those top five, which ones are you expecting to disappoint you and let you down? Okay. Um, so so re read me those top five again one more time. Kansas. Yeah, yeah. You've got Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and UConn. The, the, national, the reigning national champion right. coming number five the year before the national champion, Kansas at number one. So which one of those teams do you think is going to disappoint you and let you down? I think, uh, I mean, I think it's UConn and, and it's not necessarily because they, they are going to be uh, down necessarily, but they, they just won the national championship. So anything mm -hmm. short of that, I think is, is going to be perceived uh, a little bit as uh, potentially a, a step backwards, fair or not. So um, now they are, they are sitting at five, which I think, uh, is, is helpful to them so that they're not already at one and then they, you know, go down mm -hmm. to five. But I think it's always tough on a defending champ to, because the expectations are sky high, whether realistic or not, whether fair or not. So, uh, I would think potentially, uh, UConn would be the one that, that, uh, maybe would be most disappointing. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'm going to have to go with, uh, I think, Purdue, um, just because of their track record has, has really uh, kind of let people down in the past. You know, Purdue losing this past year uh, to, a, to a 16 seed, just the second time that that's happened. Um, the thing that they do have going for them is they're able to retain uh, Zach Eady, the, you know, the big man. He's going to be coming back yeah. for another year the reigning player, the Naismith player of the year this past year. Uh, Matt Painter, you know, and, and it's not going to get any easier for Matt Painter there in Purdue with, with a lot of these these uh, these schools coming in. You've got UCLA, you've got USC coming in. You know, we've got Oregon, you've got Washington. So you've got some really good teams that are uh, going to be joining the conference here soon, and it's not going to be an, an easy run for them going forward. Um, I think Purdue – and and. Purdue's got a little bit of a track record in March of, of kind of taking their foot they off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah they've, earned, they've earned that. They've certainly earned that reputation. And, and uh, but I think maybe that's the trap right here is that people are uh, overlooking them, expecting mm -hmm. them maybe to fail. And, and certainly maybe justifiably. So, as you said, they've got this a little bit of a track record, but I think, man, the, the, the heartache uh, uh, and of, and I don't want to say embarrassment because that's disrespectful to who they lost to, but the, yeah. The, the upset, I think, has probably driven them all offseason uh, from Coach Painter down. And I, I would expect for them to to uh, come back maybe um, with, a, with a hunger, uh, eye of the tiger kind of thing. And so I would expect mm -hmm. that they are going to um, not disappoint. I think they'll do maybe uh, better because I think people are – expecting them to underperform so that they don't even have to to really go all that far to to exceed some people's expectations yeah and, and you know I, I totally get what you're saying right there you know you look at virginia a few years ago um you know virginia um you know loses to a 16 seed then i, I hate to say it but then turn around and, and and beat my red raiders in the national championship so it's definitely uh it's definitely able to be done um, you know, Virginia has proved that, uh, and, and Purdue, uh, per, Purdue's kind of, I don't know. I just don't trust them in March. You know, they, they're not, they're no slouch. I mean, they play in, and you can, you can make the argument, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say big 12 all day, but, but you can make the argument for the big 10 being the best conference in basketball. No, absolutely. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, the Big the Big Ten is, is no slouch, and they're just going to get better and better going forward. But Purdue is just a team that I just don't seem to have much faith in come March. And, um, you know, it's not – it wasn't – I don't think it was an embarrassment, you know, like you said, losing to Fairleigh Dickinson um, at 16 seed. I think, I think if you're that team, if you're Purdue, you're probably – looking at it as, you know, probably a little bit embarrassed. Um, we've gotten to the era of college basketball where, you know, these 15 seeds beating the two seeds, these 16s beating ones, you know, these mid-majors are, are so good. It's almost, we've almost gotten to the point where these are not even upsets anymore. These small mid-majors can hang with the big boys now. And well, Yeah, particularly with, with you know, um, transfer portal and, of course, yeah. you know, UCO players. So, so it has greatly leveled the playing field for some of these mid-majors. Absolutely. And I, I think you're right. It, it's not embarrassment. It's maybe a perceived embarrassment fr from Purdue. Um, mm. But uh, I think it's more a, a testament of, you know, how well um, Dickinson was uh, prepared, their coach prepared them, how well they executed that plan. Um, and so, um, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I think um, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't, um, you know, necessarily try to talk you out of that opinion that they, they are probably the biggest, could be the biggest disappointment because I think most people would, would, would select them. But I, I think that that's exactly what's going to drive them. So, well, and you, and you look at Purdue too. Um, Purdue faced a fairly Dickinson team, an FDU team that was one of the smallest in all of Division One basketball, and a team that liked to run and gun, and they really struggled. That Purdue's a big boy team, you know, they play that big boy Big Ten, right. that almost that 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 boy kind of basketball, and, and they really exposed Zach Eady in the pick and roll game in that in that first round matchup. You know, they 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 beat him with speed right there, and we'll see if Purdue what kind of kind of changes they make here, what kind of changes Matt Painter makes in the offseason defensive wise, what they do if they if they try to go a little bit quicker, if they maybe try to play a little bit more smaller with Zach Eady out there, is maybe their lone big man. But right. um, that's uh, that's 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 my pick, Coach uh, Coach Trip going with UConn. Maybe a little bit of a national championship hangover with Dan Hurley, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Purdue, uh, Matt Painter. So you're here, you heard it here on the show. Those are our uh, our predictions right there. If, uh, if you want to throw any hate at us, uh, you can hit us up. There's our Twitter names right there at NG triplet at TM underscore Swish. So play nice, play nice, but uh, we'll, we'll accept any criticism that you guys have to throw to us. Um, Coach Tripp, um, we'll throw over to uh, – I'll throw it over to you. We'll go. How about this, just so we're playing back and forth. How about you want to jump into Coach's Corner right here? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So here's, here's the coach's corner. So I, I've thought a lot about kind of, um, you know, last year's college season, this com year coming up. And obviously in, in, in high school basketball tournaments are, are a big part of the season. Um, and what we have seen, obviously, we've got the traditional tournaments uh, a little bit later, November, December, you know, the Maui Invitational, um, things like that. But right now there is uh, six early season tournaments our MTEs, multi-event, uh, multi-team events. And so I want to talk a little bit about why as a college basketball fan, you should be excited for these and what the potential significance is. And so we're going to tie into some of what happened last year. So um, there are six of these uh, multi-team events, basically tournaments. Um, there's the Shriner Children's uh, Charleston Classic, November 16th through the 19th, the Myrtle Beach Invitational, November 16th through the 19th, 
the NIT season tip-off, the Vegas showdown, November 23rd to the 24th, um, the ESPN events invitational, November 23rd to the 26th, and the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. So why are these uh, significant? Uh, they're just, they're, they're just uh, pre, kind of preseason games getting you ready for, for the real college basketball season. But one, as fans, I think it's more than that. It gives you an opportunity to go evaluate these teams. You're going to see them play against teams that they probably won't play or potentially don't play in the regular season and may not see all year, if, if so, maybe in, a, in the, in the uh, tournament, the um, round of 68, which could expand. But here's what I want to talk about, and this is uh, some research I did, and this is not my own. This is, I found this uh, through ESPN. But – Let's talk about uh, Purdue, which which was we just talked about them. Okay, uh, last year they were not ranked in the preseason AP poll uh, initially, so it went um, uh, they, they were ranked uh, November at number twenty four. One uh, week later, after they went into a tournament, um, the Phil Knight Legacy in Portland, Oregon, they skyrocketed to number five. Uh, only Houston had more um, votes than than Purdue. Okay, uh, they had wins over Gonzaga and Duke to jump to a 22 uh, and one record. Okay, Charleston in a similar position uh, picked uh, fourth in the preseason CAA poll, knocked off Davidson, Colorado State, and Virginia Tech in a four-day span to win the the Shiners Hospital uh, Charlton Classic, and they didn't lose again until uh, January 28th. Okay, ditto for Kansas State, picked last in the Big 12 in the preseason but rolled through um, the Cayman Island Classic uh, and, and really got some buzz going. So look, I don't want to say that that the reason these teams did so well was because they uh, participated in these multi-team events or these tournaments. But what I do want to say is that it gives um, people, whether uh, it's whether it's people making these polls or fans, maybe a glimpse into what these teams are really about. Because otherwise, these preseason polls are based on what? Maybe what they did last year, some observations about, okay, they picked up this player, this player left, but there's no tangible evidence. So these early tournaments really give both the poll makers uh, or the, uh, and fans uh, a legitimate uh, insight into what their teams have and don't have. And it can greatly change the trajectory of, of that team, you know, as far as ranking goes. Mm -hmm. You go from unranked to 24 to number five. Certainly that creates momentum, excitement, and fan base, potentially uh, getting eyes on you from, from some, some recruits. So uh, I think sometimes fans look at these tournaments as insignificant, as not important, and I think that's the exact wrong way to look at them. And I think if I'm a coach of, of a, a team, I want to get in these, these uh, MTEs, multi-team events or these tournaments early so that all the eyes are on me because there's, there's not a ton of uh, basketball going on then, not a ton of high-profile things. So you get all eyes on you uh, and you get, you know, four or five games in, in, in a two or three-day span can really, um, one, let you know what you do well, what you don't do well, uh, are, or let you know what you need to work on, but also uh, really raise your – um, reputation uh, in the national media. So again, it's not the fact necessarily that these teams weren't good and they participated. I mean, they were obviously already good, but they had been overlooked. So I think the significance of these early team uh, tournaments uh, can't be understated. And if you're not a fan of them or you, or you don't really watch them, that's exactly why you need to watch them to get to know exactly what's going on with your team or with your competition. If you don't like, um, you know, team, go see what they have. So 
Um, I think it's it's highly significant. We always knew it in college. I mean, uh, sorry, in high school basketball, how important they were because you could get you know five or six games in a two or three day period. One is great conditioning. You can't simulate the game speed in, in just a regular practice or a scrimmage, but you you go up against another team, an actual game. Um, the, the learning curve uh, greatly increases. You find out what you've got, and, and people figure things out in a hurry. So um, my coach's corner take is to watch these preseason tournaments, uh, all of them, not just the ESPN 6, but as we get into to the more traditional ones, of course, there's also the, the Jimmy V Classic a little bit later. But watch those things, man. You can, you can learn a lot about your team, about these players, and mm-hmm. hopefully make some uh, projections and some predictions about maybe where your team is headed. Well, and yeah, I think another great thing, Coach Tripp, that was some great, great points right there about what these preseason, uh, not preseason, but these, these these non-conference tournaments can do is you get an opportunity to play schools that you're not going to see. You know, you you know, you might have Duke playing Texas. Um, you know, you could have North Carolina playing UCLA. Some of these programs that are not going to see each other in conference play they get a really good opportunity to play each other in the preseason and then like you said of course coach trip you get some of these teams we might not know about or might be unranked um i think creighton last year was a great example you know you said um purdue being unranked and then was able to jump to number five uh i thought creighton was another really good one the reason i was able to really think of creighton right off the bat uh you know being a texas tech fan red raider fan i was really watching my team early on in the season texas tech was out in hawaii i was getting a getting a feel for you know how my red raiders going to look this year you know some of the guys returning and uh, i think tech made it to the semifinal uh of that, of that Hawaiian tournament there, the Maui Invitational, and uh, went up against a Creighton team that was unranked at, unranked at the time, and that was a really good Creighton team, and, and Creighton proved how good uh, they ended up being in the in the end of the year. So you get a lot of these teams, like you're saying, that are unranked that might not get the recognition they do. They play in some of these these early on tournaments in the year and knock off a team like Texas Tech, Creighton did, and who was ranked pretty good at the time, and right. then they're able to they're able to skyrocket and get their program going. From uh, from there on, what would what would be a tournament you'd love to go to if you were a well, college coach? The one I, I want to go, and this is kind of less of a tournament, but this is the Jimmy V Classic because and this year it's at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and you're going to have um, uh, FAU um, is taking on uh, Illinois, and then uh, Connecticut and North Carolina. So I mean, that's something I'd really okay. like to go see. I mean, you get. You get, you get UConn, and, of course, I'm a Carolina guy, and then, of course, FAU coming off that year they had. I mean, that is definitely one I would like to go to. And then, of course, the Maui Invitational, uh, I think partly because of the, the geography, but that would definitely be one I'd like to, to, to go see. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I think that's really good right there. Um, the one I think I would like, and I, this is just me being a little biased here, so – is the the one out at the battle for Atlantis there in uh, in at the in the Bahamas uh, at Atlantis Bahamas and I, I've been I've been fortunate I, I've fallen in love with with Atlantis with the Bahamas I, you know I've gotten the opportunity to go there multiple times in my life if you get the chance I it's Paradise Island it's it's Nassau it's it's at Atlantis you get to go out there it's awesome it's a great uh, the Bohemian people are amazing. They're fantastic. Um, great hospitality. The resort itself there at Atlantis is incredible. It's immaculate. It's right there on the ocean. And they host a tournament there, I believe, there in November every year. It's called the Battle for Atlantis. I think actually my Red Raiders are going to get to go this past year. I know Baylor from the Big 12 and Scott Drew went there, I believe, last year 
Uh, so that's a really good one to go to if you're a fan of one of these college programs. You you want to take a little vacation with the family, go watch your go watch your team play. I know they turn it one of the hotels, uh, the ballroom into a uh, into a into a gym for the week. So that's a lot of fun. That's the one I think I would like to go to. All right, I guess, and I guess I should make a uh, an observation here. It's, it's probably you know, callous on my part. I, I wasn't thinking, but obviously with 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 Maui, the, the fires there, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the basketball tournament is is the least of, of anything they should be concerned about. So, speaking of wanting to go to something like that, obviously we'll be down the road, and and uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with those people suffering in those fires. So, apologies for that. Absolutely, yeah. There, there. Those, all those are all those people there in Hawaii are definitely in our thoughts and prayers. But um, let's uh, let's move on to a new. We're also going to have a. Uh, you've got Coach's Corner with Coach Trip. Coach Trip, thanks for the amazing con uh, content. Uh, a, a bird's eye view from a coach himself who knows the game of basketball, game of football very well. So, Coach Trip, thanks for another great segment of Coach's Corner. We're going to add in a new segment. We've never tried this before. Uh, Talks with TMAC. So uh, we'll, we'll throw in some some stuff right here that I that's on my mind throughout the uh, throughout the world of college basketball right here. So um, let me throw this up real fast and I'll give you our talking points right here. So Coach Trip, we've got our if you know me, uh, you know, I'm a big betting guy. So we're going to look at some of my my favorite um, uh, bets or best uh, NCAA futures. Uh, that we've got going on. So, of course, Vegas has released some of their future bets for college basketball. Um, so we'll see what's going on in the world of uh, betting right now. So obviously no surprise right here. Kansas has got the best odds at plus 900. Uh, it kind of goes down the list um, of some of the teams with the best odds. Duke, number two, at plus 1,200. You've got UConn at plus 400. The fourth best odds, Michigan State, plus 450. Then you've got Arkansas at the fifth best. They're at plus 1,500. And then you've got the Houston Cougars uh, at plus 1,600. So, Coach Stripper, there any – now, you don't have to necessarily tell me who you think's the best, but are there any, any of those top five – top six teams right there that you just really like would love to throw some money on it. I'm not saying you got to throw a lot of money down, but if you're like, which one that catches your eyes? I, I think if I, based on those futures, if I was going to put money down, there's two teams and, and I could narrow it to one, I'd be looking at Houston and Arkansas. Um, I, I think just um, they are, uh, as we said, uh, maybe under the radar a bit. And I think that, um, the potential to 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 score big should they do well, I'd throw some money that way. And I can't – my heart won't let me do uh, <laughs> with Duke, but what a tremendous job um, they did last year, you know, with uh, no Mike Krzyzewski. But I'd be looking at Houston would be number one, and then if I wanted to, to maybe go something outside of that, maybe Arkansas. But those are the two I think uh, I'd be excited about just because – um, a little bit under the radar, and I think you could really uh, win some money with that. I, I love the Houston pick right there. Um, I know that they're losing a little bit, you know, lost Marcus Sasser, but I think Kelvin Sampson's a great coach. I love the Houston odds right there at a, at plus sixteen hundred to 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 win the national championship. Uh, they've got a little bit of uh, uh, replacements they've got to bring in. You know, Jamal Shedd, he's going to really probably have to pick up the the load for uh, Marcus Sasser leaving there in that in that guard position. He was the only other guy that's still on the roster from a year ago that averaged double-digit points. And then, of course, you've got uh, 
you've got Malik Wilson. Um, he's a former Texas Tech Red Raider. I think Malik Wilson's going to have a big impact there at Houston right now. I think he's a big, big guy to watch out for the Cougars. But I love those odds right there for Houston at plus 1,600. Um, really, right now, if you're wanting to throw any money down on any of these teams, uh, right now is the best time to probably do it. You're going to get your best odds, obviously, once the season starts those odds are going to get worse and or go down well i used to say worse but go down a little bit if kansas comes firing out the gates and they look like the best team that plus 900 it's not going to be there for very long um tell you another one though if you're really wanting to get frisky and throw some money around i really and it hurts me to say this our good buddy drew from the the mothership the lowdown's going to love this right here i really like texas at that plus four thousand if you're really just wanting to, to take a risk maybe not throw down that much money put down 100 bucks you win four thousand right there um I really think Rodney Terry is a heck of a coach. They're bringing back some really good players there at Texas. Um, they did lose Serge Jabari Rice and Marcus Carr to the NBA, but you know they're bringing back Tyrese Hunter, who can just score the ball at will. Uh, he's going to be a big part, I think, of that Texas offense. Uh, he's just going to be a junior coming forward. Um, you've got Dylan DeSue, who's got another year of eligibility. You've got Timmy Allen, another year of eligibility. Whether some of these guys, um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, I think I think Texas is going to have a really good squad going forward with Rodney Terry, um, you know, and a team that honestly should have been in the final four. Um, Texas really blew it there against against Miami um, and should have been in that final four right there. So Texas plus four thousand. Now, the Big 12 is going to get a little bit more difficult this year. You've got Houston going in. You know, you've got all those 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 teams coming. You've got BYU, you've got Cincinnati. It's going to be a it's going to be a big conference this year. Uh, until we lose Texas and Oklahoma. So that Big 12 is going to get a little bit more difficult this year. But, hey, if you're feeling good, uh, maybe put down, you know, shoot 50 bucks would win you 2000 right there. So if you're wanting to throw down just a decent little bit of money, see if you can roll the dice a little bit. I think that Texas bet plus 4000 is not too bad right there. Um, so another thing right here, uh, as we go back to our beautiful faces right here, get rid of uh, the odds. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about with uh, – talks with T-Mac is Coach Tripp. We've talked a little bit about this, and I'd love to hear your uh, answer on this, especially you being a, a, a basketball coach yourself. Um, who's the best, and I got this from our friends over at, at a College Basketball Report, outside of Bill Self, and, and if you don't think Bill Self's the best coach, you can tell me. Uh, you can make that known. Outside of Bill Self, who do you think – and this doesn't necessarily have to be who's the most winning this, but who do you think is the best coach college basketball right now okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get there but i'm gonna okay. prep it man obviously um there are so many fantastic coaches and so many varying styles and uh, you know all of these guys particularly the, these these ones that have have been doing it uh successfully uh, for a while are outstanding so uh, again no slight to any of them i'm going with tom Izzo of michigan state uh, I think he's. I think he's. He's done it for a very long time. He's done it the right way. He's done it in a very tough, competitive uh, conference. You know, it's not as if he's in a conference where he's kind of the only big dog. So, so he's always going to win that. And then, you know, then he's got to battle his way through the tournament. Um, so, uh, to me, I think you look at uh, consistency, uh, performance. Um, you know, over the long term, uh, and then doing it the right way. And and if. If, you know, my son, if Bryce could go play college basketball, and I would love for him to, to play for Tom Izzo. Now, mm -hmm. that's no slight against some of these others. Um, obviously, you know, um, you know, uh, Few at Gonzaga, um, 
you know, there's so many good ones. Through, yeah, Baylor. I mean, so many good ones. So I certainly am not saying that any of those are you couldn't make the argument, but for me, I would go Tom Izzo of Michigan State. That's, I mean, that's 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 a pretty darn good one right there, and and, and I think um, going across, you know. Tenure, how many years have been coaching? He's probably, in my opinion, probably the best active coach, yeah, outside of Bill Self. Um, and, and and don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, you might think he's better than Bill Self. I just um, – I don't. You know, but, but no, that's awesome. That's great. You know, that's just – I'm getting this from from college basketball report. They're saying they think Bill Self. I, I You know, that's, that's their opinion of saying outside of Bill Self, who's the best. So that's their way of saying, you know who I'm going to go with, Coach Tripp. I'm going to keep it in the Big 12. My guy – uh, I love me some Scott Drew. He's my guy right there. I love what he's done with the Baylor program. He's still still a young guy there, Baylor. Just uh, I, I love what he's done, you know, taking over the program. Uh, we're coming up on 20 years that he's been there at Baylor. I just love the guy to death. Um, even, you know, being myself, uh, being, a, being a Red Raider, uh, I, I love what Scott Drew's done in Waco. I think he's really – solidified himself as one of the best coaches in college basketball. You look at, I, I think more than anything, Scott Drew is just an absolute, just a great guy. I think, I think like you saying about Tom Izzo, Tom, Tom Izzo is the kind of guy people want to go play for. I think people I think these kids want to go play for Scott Drew. He's, he's, he's a tough nosed defensive coach. You look at all the, you look at, at Jerome Tang, you know, who was under him for so long at Baylor. You look at the immediate success that he's having up there at Kansas state, um, you know, learning under Scott Drew. Uh, I think Scott Drew's got is a tough nosed defensive team and he's run that zone for so many years that that kind of Jim Beheim kind of zone. Um, you look at the athletes he's brought in and 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 produced look at the NBA level with with how many draft picks are getting drafted out of Baylor right now. I think what Scott Drew's got brewing down there or I guess up there for us up there in Waco right now is, is something special. I think he's the best young coach uh, in, in college basketball right now. Not, not, not the best young coach, the best coach in basketball right now. I think you say Izzo, I say Scott Drew right now. Okay, absolutely. Well, I don't have a problem with, with – you can make an argument for, for either one of them. I mean, both fantastic guys. Uh, a quick comment, um, not so much about that, but when you mentioned the, the zone similar to Syracuse, I don't know if you saw this, but Syracuse is going away from that 2-3 zone. It's mm -hmm. going to be, be just really hard to, to, to watch and recognize them without – you know, Bayheim's uh, you know, celebrated two, three trapping zone. It's, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, new coach taking over and do it his way, but wow, just what a, what a, what an end of an error, you know, not just uh, obviously we knew Bayheim was, was, you know, gone, but now boy, that, that, that cornerstone of, of Syracuse basketball is, is out too. So it's a, uh, certainly understand it, but I'll, I'll miss it, even though I'm, I'm not a Syracuse guy, but I would growing up, you know, the old uh, Big East and Syracuse, mm -hmm. Georgetown, always going at it. I mean, I just loved that brand of basketball. So I'll miss that. You know, you know me, Coach Tripp. I mean, you coach me, you know, you know, being the shooter I am. I, I loved every time I saw a team get in zone. That was that was a field day for me. But I know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be where and, and Scott Drew, you know, they've they've kind of gone away a little bit from that zone a little bit, getting some better uh, athleticism in there where they can run a little bit more man. But yeah, it's definitely going to be weird seeing Syracuse not up there running that half court two three trap zone that kind of just drives you crazy a little bit. It just kind of drives you crazy, and that's the point of it right there. But, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, last last thing of the evening right here. Uh, 
it's the uh, uh, the uh, C-Note, the college news of the evening, a fan favorite here on the Lowdown College Basketball. We'll wrap things up here tonight, our last segment of the evening. Once again, we appreciate you guys tuning in, tuning in here tonight for another episode of the Lowdown College Basketball. We once again want to uh, recommend you guys go see our friends over at Stathead. Uh, give them a follow on Twitter at Stathead. Sign up for them. They're your uh, your your name for all kinds of stats across professional sports, $8 a month. First free month, first uh, month is free. So go give them a, a look. They're awesome. And we appreciate them uh, helping us out here on the show, but uh, to close things out, the C note college news of the evening coach trip. We'll go through uh, just some things that are in the news of for college uh, basketball right now. Did you see the big 12 after all the, uh, of course, you know, we've had all this alignment, fiasco going on in the last few weeks did you see the big 12 officially went ahead and said that uh they're gonna they're gonna hold off they're not gonna go ahead and add gonzaga and yukon the two basketball powerhouses did you see that coach trip i did not see that and for, as a basketball fan uh living down here i would have i would have loved that i mean you you bring those two um powerhouses basketball powerhouses in i think Boy, what a boon for for that conference basketball wise. As a as a purist or traditionalist, you know, I've always felt like it should be a little more geographically um, consistent. But um, I'm a little surprised by it because you know we've talked about in the past that so much of this we felt like is financially driven and and you know really uh, being maybe preemptive to to get the team before another conference can snap them up so that that you can have kind of that. Um, power conference. So, um, uh, I'm a little surprised by that, but, uh, and, and, and I would have loved for, for them to come, but, um, we'll see as, as, as long as we can still watch them play. Uh, I guess that's good enough. I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'm a little bit surprised that they're, uh, they're not going to go after these two, obviously UConn being the, uh, the reigning national champion. And of course you've got Gonzaga with Mark few, who's, who's there year in and year out, but, a little surprised too that they at least said went ahead went ahead and, and just said that they're not going to do it. Uh, you know, Commissioner uh, of the Big Twelve, Brett Yulmerich, uh did he went on a podcast and said that uh, um, I, I did have conversations with UConn and Gonzaga. Unfortunately, things didn't work out only because the dream scenario unfolded for us. So these conversations are no longer. Uh, I did mention I'm a big admirer of, uh, of both of these programs. They're fantastic for the right reasons, but he's more focused on the transition of the uh, the four new schools that the conference is bringing in right now. And um, we'll see, uh, you know, UConn, not really a football uh, school. Uh, Gonzaga, I don't even think plays football, um, but I know that uh, I know UConn, not much of a football powerhouse. So, you know, you got to wonder if that's, that's in the back of their minds right there thinking, yeah, I don't know how, I mean, they might be good at basketball, but how much can we get out of them out of football? And, you know, if, if that's if for the right reasons, if he's focused on bringing these transition in these four, these four schools in it, then, then great. If he's looking at it from just a basketball perspective and not, or excuse me, just a football perspective and not basketball, then uh, I don't know. As a fan, I can't say I, I, you know, if it's a fan, I'd love to see those teams in the conference, but Absolutely. looks like, looks like it's not going to happen here in the near future for, uh, for the big 12 adding UConn and, uh, and Gonzaga. Um, we got a Bob Huggins update, Bob Huggins. How about that? Did you <laughs> see that? So last I saw that, I guess he is uh, attempting to 
to go into maybe a, a rehab or um, something. And it sounded like the, the skeptics, I guess, that said that this was more um, a move to maybe rehabilitate his reputation to try to, um, you know, get back, get back into coaching. So um, that, that's what I saw. One, uh, if he's doing that, I hope he's, I hope he's sincere about it. I hope uh, he's doing it for the right reasons. And look, if he goes in and, and he's, and he goes through the program and it ends up that, that, that he can resume his coaching life. Great. But if that's the only end goal, then I think it's disingenuous and dangerous because then maybe it, it's maybe he hasn't learned from it and, and certainly don't want that type of mistake that could affect so many lives to occur again. So uh, I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's doing it for the right reasons. And then maybe, you know, a side benefit he's hoping for would be that, that he could get back to doing what he loves, but certainly hope he's doing it uh, sincerely. Yeah. And I, I also saw it. Yeah. Um, I did notice as well. I believe that, I believe that West Virginia has gone ahead and, and I, we still, I still don't know what the heck's going on up there in Morgantown. They, they've, they've, they announced that they did get a they've they've announced an interim coach for the upcoming season so they are going to have an interim and I'm, I'm, it looks like Huggins is not going to coach this upcoming year for West Virginia but I mean none of these reports they still haven't ruled out like you're saying that he's going to come back uh, you know for for me it sounds like it sounds like West Virginia is kind of maybe happy that he's come out and said this like you know because you know if something like this happened, you know, West Virginia could double down and say, hey, yeah, you resigned. We're not going to have you back. But they haven't done that. They haven't really officially said, you know, he's not coming back. This is this this breakup is official. We haven't really seen any of that. So I, I'm kind of like you. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if there is a chance Bob Huggins is the coach for for the West Virginia Mountaineers this time next year. I, d I don't know. So Yeah, I would, I would not be shocked if, if that's the case, if there's not some settlement being worked out be, between uh, the school and Coach Huggins, and maybe maybe you know he gets paid for this year, but doesn't coach and comes back next year. You know, I, I don't know, and, and those those conversations are, are are for others to have. But certainly, uh, yeah, as you said, the the door appears to have been been left open for 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 whatever um, they want to do. It's kind of like uh, they they don't want to pull the trigger. They don't want to they don't want to officially break up with one another. They just want to see other people at the moment. So, <laughs> uh, guys, once again, Coach Trip, I'll let you wrap us up tonight. Go ahead and go ahead and send us to the house. All right, man. Well, appreciate everyone uh, checking us out. Uh, please don't hesitate to join the conversation with our comments uh, here live or hit us up on Twitter. It was great to be back. Hope to see you guys again next week. Each week we're getting closer and closer and surely we'll start doing maybe some conference breakdowns uh, to, to get you guys ready, geared up. Hopefully you guys are as geeked up for college basketball as we are. And, and certainly don't forget about uh, college football. Uh, go check out all the shows on, on the network. As we said, we've got golf, we've got uh, NBA, we've got the, the, um, the, the main mothership, the, the lowdown. So check all those shows out uh, and let us know what you think and, and, Appreciate it, and we will see you guys next week.